about that time, about that time, about that time, yes, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. We can broke from outside. It's the three. Auburn men talking Auburn men's basketball. Oh man, he didn't miss the other night. Three for no frills, no gimmicks. Just ball. Final seconds of the quarter, Holloway, he can hit from that range. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, everybody, we are back. The Jungle Auburn Basketball Podcast. I'm Matt Donaldson, your host with Ben Young, who is the most consistent voice on this podcast this year so far. Uh, we get I told to Jackson talk- last year, it's my podcast now. It's your podcast now. We get to talk about a huge win uh, over Indiana in Atlanta. Really needed for this team on a lot of levels. Auburn beat Indiana 104-76, to 76, a 28-point beatdown. Uh, most ironically, after going down 12 early in the first four minutes. So lots of fun things to talk about. Um, Auburn goes to 6-2. and two. And really just an awesome game. I was able to go um, be in Atlanta. It was kind of last minute, but it was an awesome game to be at. I know some Auburn folks have been uh, in that arena for that event. Uh, man, Indiana, what a crowd. Um, I think Indiana had 60 or 65% of the arena, which is pretty impressive given Auburn's geographic location to Atlanta. Uh, and man, early, uh, Indiana hit four threes in the first three minutes. And they only make three a game. And that's when, as an Auburn fan, if you're like me, you're like, oh, this game is not starting out well. It's not looking good. But then your Auburn Tigers reeled off a 42-12 to 12 run to close the first half. I don't think Just I've ever bonkers. That. I mean, I'm trying to think of a college D1 or an NBA game that I've ever seen a 30-point swing in one half, which is Auburn went from down 12 to up 18 at halftime. Lots to get into. Ben... Opening thoughts uh, on a beatdown of, you know, not a great Indiana team, but a team that should be competing for their 2-0 in the Big Ten, and they'll probably be competing for an NCAA tournament berth. Once again, Auburn continues to fill the graveyard of Blue Bloods as we wreck our way through the NCAA's historic teams and programs. Um, Indiana is not maybe a perennial powerhouse quite like they used to be, but they've still got a lot of cachet. Um, we build this as a matchup of five-star recruits because going into this game, uh, Indiana had recruited uh, one of its first five stars in a few years, um, Mackenzie Mbako. And we, of course, were starting at point guard, five-star Aiden Holloway. And the question was going to be, Aiden was in a shooting slump. Auburn as a team was on a downtrend for three-point shooting going into this game. Could they find a way to right the ship? And boy, howdy, did they. We finished 14 of 29 from three. That's good for 48.3%. We shot 35 of 72 from the floor. So again, very nearly 50% from the floor. But Matt, you're going to already know my favorite set of all. Yes, give it to us, Ben. Uh, Speak it into existence. We were 20 of 23 from the free throw line. Oh, and Matt, you want to talk about the the, the meat of that run. There were some moments, uh, two or three minute stretches where all of our points came from the charity stripe and it came from guys not missing their free throws. And it kept that continuity of scoring going. And in my mind, that's how we flip the game. Um, Absolutely. Honestly, I would not have said that, but I rewatched the first half uh, this afternoon on TV after being there in person. And you're right. Uh, We were attacking downhill, getting fouled, getting in the bonus early, 
and then making our free throws. Um, you really just have a problem with Jalen Williams, who missed all three of our team's free throws. Everybody else, perfect uh, from the line. So that was a huge, huge story. It wasn't, you know, honestly, upon looking at that 42 to 12 run, this sounds crazy, Ben, but it's not like we hit every open shot. It's not like no, we, we really didn't. Yeah. So the free throws were huge. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, Aiden came out and he hit a couple of threes early, which was obviously huge. It's been a long time since he's seen the shots fall consistently. But we had a couple of, of minutes there where Aiden was getting clean looks, similar similar setup, and was not making the shot, which is brutal for uh, our, his confidence, the, the whole team's confidence in their three-point shot. But they kept with it. And once the three-pointers stopped falling consistently, they started attacking. Um, you know, Jalen did break my heart, missing uh, our three free throws and keeping us from that perfect game but Jalen had a career high uh tying game in points he very easily could have gone for more um but Bruce wanted to get the walk on some time in Atlanta Jalen Williams finished the night eight for 14 from the floor two of four from three point with 24 points six rebounds seven assists and uh zero turnovers is Jalen our MVP tonight no uh, but not from a lack of trying. Um, so I'm, you know, we can talk about Jalen real quick here. Um, it, the, you know, some people were saying, oh, well, Jalen got a lot of, you know, points in the second half where it wasn't really, the game wasn't really, um, you know, it was already in, you know, we had already determined who was going to win basically, but really, uh, I texted y'all at halftime in the first half, Jalen had 10 six and five or 10, five and six uh, rebounds and assists. He was doing everything in that first half. He was our leading rebounder. I don't know if he was our leading scorer at the half, probably not, but double digit points in the first half. He did so many, like if you've listened to this podcast, I'm going to save you from the gushing of, of all the things he did, but you know who hit the first shot when we're down 12, it was a step back three, nothing was going right. Jalen hit it. Uh, there were moments where he got blocks, he got huge rebounds, he had some sick assists and passes, even some that didn't uh, lead to a basket, but that were just beautiful. He broke the zone when they went zone in the middle of that. Um, a lot of people were saying he would look more aggressive. I don't know about that. I, I tend to think Jalen's about the same. But what did change is Bruce, we talked about this last year, I think Jalen's just one of those players that you have to run sets for him. He He does not, the ball does not gravitate to him. He does not demand the ball. He's a very selfless player, and you could tell early on, and even when it wasn't going well, shout out to Ryan, who uh, couldn't join us tonight on the pod, but texting us that uh, he was done with Jalen right before he exploded for a career game. Um, but we were trying to get him the ball in spots for him to score, and uh, he, he played a great game, but we have to talk about the guy we did choose for MVP. Oh, wait, hang on. Hey. Before we get there, yeah, you're right. Um, Jalen led the team in assists, which yep. is huge. Um, normally we see that from our point guard, Aiden Holloway, who also finished the night with a career high, 24 points, two assists, one rebound, and once again, zero turnovers. He was seven of 11 from the floor, so it wasn't just about the three ball, but he did finish five of eight from three. Monster numbers from the three-point. Matt, well, you, is Aiden Holloway our MVP? No, but you do. we do have to make a point there because, um, I, I don't know, did you see this, that so we we had a third turnover by basically running out the clock at the end of the game. We two turnovers would have set the Auburn basketball school record for least amount of turnovers in a basketball game. We basically did that yesterday. I and, still say they should give it to us. And scored a hundred plus and pushed the pace. 
You just don't see that. And Bruce called it beautiful basketball in his press conference afterwards. Uh, 25 assists. You and I have been gushing about the assist numbers. We're, we're near the top of the country in that. We're sharing the ball well. The ball's moving much better than it did last year. And, uh, man, when you're putting up 20-plus assists and limiting your turnovers, look out. That's how dangerous this team could be. Um, we forced 12 turnovers, only had three, really two of our own. That is a winning formula, my friend. Okay, wait, wait, hang on. I'm going through the box score here, and I'm seeing I'm seeing who it is. 50% from three, 30%, 33% from the floor. Uh, he had a, he had a great rebound. He had an assist. Our MVP is clearly Leor Berman. <laughs> he did hit a shot, which was great. Um, you know, no, I don't think it was him. Uh, how about other guys in double figures, Ben? Denver Jones with 12. Chad Baker Mazzara with 11. And either of those guys? You know, uh, Chad Baker Mazzara was a, once again, a lightning rod off the bench. And the bench was really the story of this game. Um, we had a hope facing a dominant front court from Indiana that if we ran at them hard and we kept the pace up, we could wear their starters out. And they were just not 10 men deep. And you look at your bench points here. Indiana finished with seven points uh, from its bench. Seven. Seven points from its bench. Want to take a guess at how many points Auburn had from its bench tonight? Uh, my stat sheet says 40. 40 points. We won the bench points 40 to 7. That is Bruce Pro basketball. That is team basketball. And as I look down the bench here, I see one gentleman, clearly a little ball of chaos, just absolutely stuffing the stat sheet. He finished five of nine from the floor, one of two from three. He hit all of his free throws, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, zero turnovers, and 14 points. Matt, are we about to give a second MVP to KD Johnson? That was the vote. That was the group vote. I mean, I I, I would I, I think you can make an argument for a lot of the guys we've talked about, but it it is true. Um and, and honestly, those stats don't even do it justice, right? For for some of the ways that KD impacts the game. We've always talked about how unique of a player he is, how he just can do things that nobody else can do. And sometimes it doesn't go well. Well, yesterday, everything was going well. He forced one three that he missed that was a bad shot, but you know you're going to live with that. He was um, not only when, you know, honestly, he didn't get as many, you know, you mentioned one steal, but he was in the middle of everything. He was making good passes. He was finishing at the rim. He was getting, um, he, you know, he came in. If I if I had asked you this, I wonder if you, I should have set this up better. But when I rewatched it today, in my mind, KD came in and like brought us back, but he didn't, he came in at 26, 26 in the first half after we had clawed our way back in Jalen and Denver came in with the backups and they made a really good run to get back in the game. And then when KD came in, that's when we blew the doors off and forced some steals, him and his buddy, Chad Baker Mazzara, who also is a little crazy. Those two are really feed off each other and you could see it in the arena. And they, they, we full court pressed Ben. We stayed in it. We didn't just deny the ball. We trapped out of it. We trapped in the half court and Bruce could sense what like blood in the water. And it was so good. It was so good to see us leave KD in, leave that group in and just suffocate Indiana. We, we really not uh, ratcheted up the pressure rather than laying back. And that's where, like you said, our depth is such an advantage for us. And Matt had the advantage of getting to watch this in person. There's always a danger when you watch a basketball game or miss watching a basketball game of falling in love with the box score. You want to look at the numbers, you want to break it down that way. But especially college basketball is such a momentum thing. And you have to be there and feel it in the actual arena. And Katie Johnson mathematically was responsible for a six-point swing 
and a seven-point swing when he came into the game. He didn't score all of those points, but he mm-hmm. denied points at the basket and it led to points at the other end, including a missed shot that Jalen came in and finished a dunk on. So you yes. look at the stat sheet and you see that Jaden, uh, the Jalen Williams has filled the stat sheet. Tons of points, huge amount of assists, career night for him. But I think when you look at the impact overall and the momentum of the game and what kept Indiana at arm's length for so much of it, it was these runs and these spurts that were sparked by our little ball of chaos. Yes, and and I'm glad you mentioned that because one thing I really noticed being there in person, both halves, both halves been our starters got in a hole. Um, we went, we were down 12 early uh, in the first half. Second half, Indiana cut it from 18 to 11, and there were points in both of those halves where not only KD was in, all of our backups were in. And uh, Aiden Holloway said after the game that he said we have 10 starters. And I guarantee that's something that Bruce and the coaches are talking about. We don't have five starters and five bench guys. We have 10 starters. But all of us fans know. So, we, you know, I think before this game, if I tell you, hey, we've got Trey, Katie, Chad Baker-Mazzara, Chaney Johnson, and Dylan Cardwell in, we might be – I mean, we trust those guys. They're all good players. But where's the offense going to come from, right? But they locked down defensively. They really ratcheted up that, that side of the ball. And then they were getting points. Like you said, the bench points were just massive. And when we get days like this from KD Johnson and Jalen Williams, and then if Aiden Holloway is going to shoot like that, we've talked about how the ceiling is there for this team. I mean, we saw it on display yesterday. So we have obviously talked a lot about a lot of players. There's one player that we haven't talked about. And if you follow the basketball media, everyone was excited for this matchup of Kellel Ware and Janai Broom. It was going to be the clash of the Titans, these big men inside, two of the premier uh, inside players, interior players in college basketball. Matt, if I told you that Janai Broom was going to finish with two points on one <laughs> of six shooting, what do you what would your what would your final score have been? Oh man, you know, you'd be hoping it was in the 50s or 60s, right? Right. You'd be hoping for a rock fight. And yeah. Kello Ware, to his credit, uh, finished with 13 points. He didn't quite lead Indiana with scoring, but he was their second leading scorer. But but, but he, he only made him. two shots. He only made Correct. two shots. He, he got to the line. He made his free throws, which I know you love. But uh, we really did a great job limiting him. And I want you to keep talking about him. And then I want to talk about something Bruce did uh, in this matchup. Well, no, that's what I was going to move to next. Um, a lot of that was intentional. We We moved around some of our defensive pieces. I think we learned a little bit from App State with how we are defending the guards versus how we're defending a strong interior because that was always the fear against app state was that they had a really strong front court. They had some dynamic power forwards that were going to come in. They had a strong guy off the bench. We thought we were gonna get bullied inside and we wound up getting cooked by the guards. So for a second straight game, we're going in facing a very talented front court. Uh, talk to us about Bruce's defensive strategy this time. Well, and, and I thought I saw this and it kind of freaked me out watching it there, but then he talked a lot about it in his press conference. Um, you know, they had a, what was his name? Number five, Renault. He's, he's a yeah. big, bulky power forward who, who kind of, uh, he's a very physical player. Bruce talked a lot before the game about how physical this Indiana team was going to be. Six foot nine, 233 pounds. Yeah. He's a bulky, playing, strong playing dude. So what we did, he's playing power forward and, and where's the seven footer, but we actually flipped that. And for most of the game, we played our center on Renault because he's more of a banger inside and we left our power forward on where because where can shoot threes he's a little more of a versatile offensive player and i loved it i mean it was fantastic we even got a few short possessions of cardwell and broom on the floor to go against those two big guys so we really changed up some things i thought Jalen did a really good job on where when he got that matchup cheney was 
you know, Cheney's a little undersized for the power forward position. So he, I, he made me nervous in the first half. He picked up a couple fouls and I think it probably worked to our benefit. Uh, but you got to credit. And, and uh, Bruce said that Chad Pruitt and um, uh, 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 the new coach from Texas tech Williams. Yes. Yeah. Corey, Corey Williams. Is that right? Sorry. Sorry, coach. I'm, I'm, I didn't we, rush up. But... We need, we need folks in the chat to correct us, but no one's here. So, those two guys had the scout and they really did a good job. We did some really creative things and we never panicked right after Indiana hits four threes early, we stuck to our guns and we really put the clamps on them, not only with our press, but in the half court, we just started getting a lot of stops and uh, doing our job, honestly, and playing good team defense. And that led to Auburn getting out and running, owning the fast break points and really using our depth and our quickness uh, to our advantage. And hitting the free throws to keep the defensive drought alive as you're continuing to work against this other team. And so, and what do made free throws do, Ben? It allows you to set up your press, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, that you're right. It was just such a pivotal, not sexy part of this game was when we got to the line in the first half, when we weren't really hitting that many shots, but we were getting fouled and you get those opportunities. Uh, really great job by our guys of stre- hitting those shots and stretching the lead. And shout out to Ferg with uh, Justin Ferguson from the uh, Auburn Opelika Observer, who continues to provide amazing stats on his Twitter feed. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn is currently ranked first in the nation in points off of out-of-bounds play and points off of fouls. So you see, once again, this is a coaching team that knows not just how to get the most out of their players, but how to get the most out of any situation. And to see us come into a game with a marquee opponent like this on a neutral court and execute the way that we've been told this team could all season is really impressive. So let's talk a little bit about how we went from down 12 to suddenly up by almost 30 going into the half. Matt, there seems to be this strange trend in college basketball where if you go on a run early, you just can't keep it going. Is it better to start slower? No. (laughs) I don't want those 12-point deficits. Are you kidding me? That felt terrible. Um, No, I mean, I I do think somebody said something today on a podcast I was listening to about uh, I know I listen to another podcast, so I'm sorry. Uh, you should listen to us and support the other Auburn Hoops content out there. Uh, this is actually the Auburn Observer. So we used Justin Ferguson, the Auburn Observer free episode today. Um, they were talking about how it, the guys with both in that second half run and after the first four minutes of the game, they never, they just weren't phased by it. Um, they were able to bounce back. And, and I think I want to double down on what you said. Uh, I have always been amazed at how well we defend uh defensively out of bounds plays and after a timeout we trapped in the half court for the first time all year and we completely bamboozled indiana forced another turnover but offensively for us to be drawing up and running our out of bounds plays this effectively at the highest clip in the country points per possession i mean those are uh jimmy dykes on the telecast called them special teams right for to use another sports terminology it's it's these these this possession here with these little moments throughout the game that you we've seen it's like a corner it's like a corner kick in soccer you know, you know, yes. these moments, you know, these moments are going to come where there's a stoppage in play and you actually get to set something up and call it. And everybody knows that those types of kicks are a really great time to score because everybody's frozen in time and then you can launch something. Great comparison. So we didn't have to compare it to another sport. That was great. Um, so I mean, Ryan Norman. just credit, just credit to the staff. They're really doing a good job. And, and I think, uh, you know, you just being there in person, it was cool to see how much of a team effort that is. Stephen Pearl off the bench, constantly yelling defensive assignments. Um, every little break they get with a whistle where a foul's called, they're calling guys over. They're really coaching these guys hard. And 
the thing that was so impressive was how contagious the energy was for these guys. And that's where KD perhaps has his best value to this team. Cause when, when we start um, honestly smelling blood, like tasting blood in the water against guy, like you, it was tangible. And all 10 guys who got in the game were locked in defensively. They were locked in on the press and were locked in trying to blow this team out. And for a team that at times has lacked a little bit of a killer instinct, I think it was really cool to see them, not only do that in the first half, but then completely punch back when Indiana made a small run to start the second half and just, they, it, this is over. And um, okay. I hope we can learn from that and see that, I hope for the players, it's like a reminder of how good that we can be and build some confidence. Yeah, and I think the trick was really getting to see some shots fall. Yes. Um, that was the main difference. If you go back and watch the App State game, we just we, we, we couldn't get any of our three-pointers to fall. Uh, unlike today where they were raining left and right. We got Jackson in the chat. Couldn't be with us tonight, but he just wants you all to know that Bruce is goaded on the out-of-bounds play. We could not agree more. Some of the best plays we've ever seen drawn up. Beautiful. How many layups did we get out of that on, on offense? It felt like we got three or four just pretty ones um, out of timeouts. Oh, yeah. Kudos And to again, them. those kind of low-effort plays that just sort of hype you up, you really build into that energy and that momentum that you can feel in there. And we're really lucky to have 10 guys that are all committed to each other that are all committed to winning. I mean, that's why Janai Broom came back. You know, it's not just about improving his draft stock. I think Janai Broom thinks he could be a champion. Champions mm -hmm. are made at Auburn and they're made with Bruce Pearl. And I think Janai wants a little hardware before he goes. I, I will say we, we've had, I, I personally have said some things about Janai Broom and sometimes him not being, um, you know, I just don't know how much of a leader he is at times. I've said that. There was a moment um, Jalen had to call a timeout throwing the ball in. And upon further review, Ryan Norman, uh, it appears that Aiden Holloway did not run the play correctly. And that's what caused some of the confusion because Bruce is on him. And then immediately all the veteran guys, Janiah kind of leading the way, is right in front of the board on the bench showing him, hey, here's where we messed that up. So to take a true freshman like that, they know how good Aiden Holloway is. And he's the only really young, you know, freshman on this team. I thought that was a great, easy to do when you're winning, right? But it's a good sign that Janai Broom was ineffective. He got his one for six, two points, but he battled inside. He did his job. And uh, how great is it for this team to see that we don't have to rely on any one guy? Like Denver played great, uh, but he played, uh, he played 19 minutes because KD was just playing so well. Um, and I think that's the true value of the depth on this team. And Jackson wants us to talk a little bit about the fouls. That was sort of a problem uh, going against App State. It seemed like we were getting whistles in every possession here. Yeah, at, well, all year, for sure. We've been doing a lot of reach-in. Um, our newer guys like Cheney and uh, CBM seem like they're struggling a little bit to adjust to the pace of the game. They're getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar a little bit. Uh, this game was called pretty even. 22 personal fouls for Indiana, 21 for us. Uh, the Hoosiers did shoot 29 free throws to our 23, so a little bit of disparity there. But, you know, some of that's earned, some of that's not earned. Um, I thought this is a classic example of, for the most part in this game, the refs kind of let them go. There were a couple stretches where they were calling touch fouls both ways, but we've talked for years, Jackson and I, about, um, man, Bruce Pearl teams, when you let them go, that's just a great feeling. When, when basketball is allowed to be played, I was sitting by this Auburn fan who's in his 60s, uh, randomly at the game he was sitting next to me and he just got so mad every time there's a whistle even if it was a foul on indiana because he's like oh the refs the refs gotta call everything they gotta get in the way it was funny but i just think it was it was a physical game 
and Indiana plays a physical style of basketball and we matched it. And honestly, they kind of let our big guys, you know, get away with some physical play. And I think our teams really thrive in that environment. And I think it's great again to see a night where Janai Broom is a little bit more quiet offensively and we really feel his presence more defensively to see the rest of the team really pick up the slack. You know, we needed points at the four. We talked all offseason about are, are we going to get points from the two guard? Last year, the two guard was a black hole mm-hmm. offensively. Uh, Denver Jones and Katie Johnson combined for 26 points tonight. They combined to go uh, three of six, 50% from three, exactly what you would want. Denver Jones continues to hit free throws at an amazing clip, four for four. His free throw, his 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 free throw technique is is a beautiful thing to behold. Katie didn't miss a free throw either. So seven for seven for the line from the two guard position. What seemed like it was going to be a place we struggled now seems like on certain nights it could possibly be a strength. Well, it's great to see. And and um, Bruce actually mentioned Denver first because he said, you know, Denver's been quiet and and you know it was really good to see him bounce back. Is the words he used like to bounce back and have it. I mean, that was a very quiet double digit game. And not only that. He only played 19 minutes and his defense is just continuing to be really solid. Honestly, I really kind of doubted his perimeter defensive ability. And he's really shown me something, even when his points haven't been there, even when he's not getting a ton of shots, which I think is a really good sign. And then I also have to give credit. Um, you know, again, it's contagious, but Chad Baker Mazar was much better defensively yesterday. He was very active with those long arms and the length he has. And uh, in a game like that, where it's up and down and the athleticism can show off, he, I think he really could be an asset, but we're still, we're, we still played Lior with no foul trouble involved. I don't believe. So we played three guys at the three again, and Chris Moore's still starting halves. And I, I still, maybe Bruce likes having Chad Baker, Mazar, KD off the bench, Trey Donaldson off the bench. I think all three of those guys are really good off the bench dudes. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but. Oh, they're extremely is- good off the bench dudes. And you know. When we when we made the switch to go to Aiden at point guard, I said that I didn't mind it, specifically because last year when we went to that second unit, the question was always, where's the offense going to come from? Well, now in that second unit with Trey Donaldson and Chad Baker-Mazara coming off the bench, you know you've got at least two guys that can go out there and get you 10 to 12 points a night. It's not an unusual thing to see both of those guys hit double digits. Um, and it's also been great to see that Trey can rotate in and play a little two guard if necessary. You know, I don't really understand quite what the Lior thing is. Um, I, I, I'm I'm always been a big fan of his defense, but this year with the way the rule changes are going, it seems like all of his technique has been completely taken away. Like there's no there's no advantage to having good footwork and keeping your guy in front of you and forcing them to go through you because now that's a foul on you. So mm-hmm. I don't quite know why we're still getting Lior minutes beyond uh, you know Bruce loves his guys and we love Bruce for that. I think he's searching for answers. I, you know, he almost played as many minutes as Chris Moore yesterday. I, I I think Chris is obviously going to be a leader on this team. He's going to be, whether he starts each half or not, he doesn't seem like he's going to be finishing halves, um, which we've talked about before, that that's kind of a little more important. And it seems like Chad baker Mazar is probably in that spot if we were in a close game, you know, this week. Um, but it is something to track. And, I mean, uh, he trusts Leor, obviously, and Leor has shown the ability to move around and play different spots. Uh, play the two or the three. Um, so, I mean, it's just I'm, – I'm watching it every game. I do think – I want to point out before we move on from Trey, I am so impressed with him this year. I know he's not starting. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, – it's not going to be the same result, but when Zepp was starting at point guard and Wendell was coming off the bench, you've always talked about that. And 10 points, seven rebounds, three assists, zero turnovers in 18 minutes as a backup point guard. I mean, that is – Two steals. Un- two, two steals. steals 
unbelievable. He's a bulldog defensively. I think he gets a little too much, in my opinion. I think he plays pretty solid defense, um, especially compared to Aiden. Aiden's getting better, but I do think he provides a little more resistance. And he's just – I think the offense just is flowing better with him on the floor. And that's nothing – taking nothing away from Aiden and his shot-making ability. But I think Trey is such a calming presence on the floor for this team over the last few weeks. Well, the awesome thing about when Aiden is out there is you've got him out there with three of our oldest veterans. You've got him out there with Jalen. He's starting out there with Chris Moore. And obviously he's out there with uh, SEC Player of the Year contender, Janai Broom. So you don't have really have to rely on Aiden as much to mm-hmm. be the straw that stirs the drink. You can use him more as a pure shooter, um, especially with how good Denver has gotten at crashing into the lane when his shot won't fall. So I hope we continue to see more of those two guards uh, continuing to develop their scoring ability because that's where they're going to be at their most important for this team. Um, I want to, any other, we've talked about most of the big stats, but the steals, the assists, the the fast break points were 20 to 10. I, we got to talk about assists more because right? it's yeah. just, it's just incredible because even when we were in our down shooting slump, we were still uh, consistently getting, you know, between 18 and, and 22 assists per game. And that's such a difference from last year. We're shooting up the the rankings uh, in the way that we're assisting. We saw we both saw a set that we can't now find again that said we were second behind Kansas in the nation on assisted baskets, which is just incredible, especially for a Bruce yeah. Pearl team that I feel like we don't normally think of them as a as a pass happy team. They're normally yes. fast break run and gun, and or, to me, or some isolation, really... some isolation, some yeah, isolation yeah. stuff too. Yeah. And so that, for me, that bodes really well for our half court. Um, offense, which was a real struggle for us last year. When we got trapped into the half court, we would, you know, dance around for 10 seconds and then try to get the ball inside. And if that didn't work, one that would chuck up a three. And it seems like we've got a lot more options this year. Now, you know, I always have the obligatory, all right, let's see it in SEC play, right? I mean, let's see it against some <laughs> some, some top teams. But uh, you're right. We, it, I, it has been very rare this year that the ball is sticking in the point guard's hands, whether it's Aiden or Trey in there. And I think that's a credit to Aiden as a true freshman for being willing. He's he's shown the ability to be a really good passer, especially on the break. I think he's he's failed a few times, but I love that he's tr- looking ahead and trying for some plays. And he he uh, initiated some beautiful, quick pace basket, like I think off a made free throw or maybe a missed free throw late in the first half before that epic three at the end of the half. He got ahead to Chad Baker Mazar really fast, like with 27 on the shot clock. And he's attacking the rim and got fouled. I mean, there were just these little things that Aiden and Trey, uh, quite frankly, are doing. So you got to love that. I think we've said all year the biggest concern would be perimeter defense, um, probably, uh, at least for me. And, you know, that's not really tested against this Indiana team. We've seen a couple guards light us up. I'm sure we'll have some more throughout the year. But they are making progress. And I think this is a great win. Easily the best win of the year, right? Not just for who you're playing, but the way we win it in an, on a neutral site, not at Neville. Um, hopefully, this so let's is talk about let's talk about that because Bruce came out after the game and said, "I don't know that we could have played better." And frankly, I agree with him. You look at every phase of this game. Um, you know, we didn't win the block party. We lost the block party four to three, which I know will make Jackson sad. <laughs> um, and Jackson's in the chat talking about Aiden's shooting volume. Um, I don't want to talk about that quite as much as our our three-point percentage. Obviously, I don't think 48% is sustainable season long. But let's talk about uh, the things that we can sustain. Obviously, you wish you could go out and have a performance like this every night. But if we did, I think Auburn would finish season 30-2. and So that's probably not likely. Um, What about this performance do you think we can sustain? 
you know, the assists have been consistent. Um, and, and honestly, I was really encouraged. I kind of did my usual look around uh, where, where is Auburn right now through eight games and we're the metrics really like us more than the polls polls we know are kind of meaningless metrics help establish NCAA tournament credibility. We're 13 in Ken Palm right now, nationally. Um, we're 17 in the, no, no, no. We're 24 in the net, um, which that'll fluctuate, but we're, we're right where we probably want to be, especially with that app state loss, right? Some people be like, Oh my gosh, we lost app state still in the top 25 there, but maybe more importantly, there, there's a there's a metric for adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. So that's based on who you're playing and where you're playing them per possession. Top 20 offensively and defensively nationally right now out of 360 teams. And that list I, I sent to y'all is seven or eight teams, and they're all the teams that are national championship contenders at this point in the season. So doesn't mean we are that, but I do think – I think we're grading this team mentally on a bit of an aggressive scale because we've seen the potential of it. And then we've seen some clunkers, which we know from watching college basketball, there's going to be some clunkers, but um, I I think uh, the offensive performance in terms of shooting and point total is, is not repeatable. And Bruce laughed. Somebody asked him that, how do you get this team to perform like that the rest of the year? Well, he's like, I can't, this is not possible (laughs) to replicate, but the defensive effort, and being able to not only shoot better and have a more efficient offense, which I think we've seen we can have this year. If we can have a Bruce Pearl defense that not only plays really strong in the half court, controls the glass, or at least competes rebounding well, we have a big front line, and we have a defensive spurt like what we showed yesterday, whether that's KD, whether it's the press, if we have all those things, the the, the, the takeaway for me, I'm, I'm sorry I'm rambling here, but the takeaway for me is we have a lot of ways we can win games and you're going to need those as we go throughout, not only the sec season, but when you get into postseason in March, you know, you're going to have games that fall apart and come down to how many guys do you have that can score and how many stops can you get? And yeah, I've I seen think if, a lot of potential there. I think if you go back and look at the Baylor game again, um, it was our first chance to see this team. And in that first half, we really saw all of the great potential that you're talking about. You know, we're up by double digits. We're feeling really great. But then what you saw in Baylor is the experience of not just those players, um, because Jacoby Walter was, you know, brand spanking new, but the experience of that program of having been in those situations before and knowing how to how to turn the right dials and, and create the turnovers and get the intensity to come back and put that game away. And then you think back to the App State game. One of the worst shooting performances in Bruce Pearl history. I think it was the only time we've ever finished with both free throw and three-point shooting percentage that low ever. And with three minutes left, we're only down three. And we had a chance to win it because we were able to get stops consistently defensively. So talking about this team's passing and talking about this team's defense, I definitely think those are things that are going to continue to carry over. And they, and they trust the shooting. And then that's what they kept talking about. Hey, our job is to keep our shooters confident. And even after they only made um, 11 threes in the last three games, I believe total, and they made 14. So you, I mean, fans are right to feel like, oh man, this was kind of an ugly stretch shooting wise. But I think we all know, even me as kind of a eternal, uh, cautiously optimistic person, this team has more offensive weapons and they have the potential to be much better shooting the ball. So I brought up this just, you know, we have an eight game sample size now. It's not much, but you know, we're sitting at, we're up 71% on the free throw line, which Ben, I know you want to get that closer to 75. A little higher. higher. 
So we're bumping it up. Yesterday helped, um, you know, 32, 33% from three, which as a team, it's pretty good. I mean, I think we, if we could hang there against better teams, I think that's, it's better than last year. I forget what our number ended up being. Um, but our numbers are great. We're averaging almost 20 assists per game. We've talked about that. Our opponents are averaging nine. Um, that's yeah, a big on. thing. I've got last year's uh, stats up. We were averaging, uh, looks like 14 points or 14 assists per game. Wow. Over, over the course of the whole year, we finished averaging uh, 72.7 points. So about wow. 73 points. Uh, let me look at our shooting percentages here. We were shooting 44% from the floor, uh, 70% even from the free throw line, and 31% from three. Okay. So so we're ahead of those numbers, not by a ton, and, and we're, it's non-conference, right? So maybe those numbers will come back a little bit. But we are scoring nine more points a game, uh, which, I mean, we're a couple games away from being a third through the season. So this is not a small number of games that we've played at this point. So definitely stuff to track. Uh, to me – if this team becomes a Bruce Pearl bulldog defensive turn you over kind of team at times, in addition to some of the offense, you know, look out. And I think that's why we're all excited about some of the potential of this team. Yeah. Jackson wants to know if we're having more fun this year. And I definitely think we're having more fun this year. Yeah. It, this team's fun to watch. I think we've been saying it repeatedly for me, at least maybe as somebody who had, you know, mediocre expectations, try to make the tournament. I thought we would make the tournament, but I kind of thought it might be more of a bubble season. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. This team, especially after seeing them in person, I know y'all got to in New York as well. Um, they, it's a bunch of good athletes and guys who have been around. Fun, Jackson, Jackson always talks about like, you want to have guys for multiple years. Well, we have a lot of, I mean, Jalen's been around a long time. Katie's now been around a long time. Janiah now is a veteran. Uh, that we've watched play. And now we have sprinkle in these, you know, playmakers, these new guys. Um, it's a fun group. And I'm excited. I, I think we're going to have guys like Trey and Chaney probably stick around. They're definitely not NBA ready, but they are college basketball ready, which is awesome to see. Somebody said, uh, Jimmy Dyke said, you know, this is the first year in a while Auburn hasn't had a surefire pro on the team. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, I think he's right. Like Aiden Holloway is probably the NBA guy on this team uh, for sure. Cause Janai, we know centers aren't valued as much in the league and Jalen, I just, I don't think he's going to be an NBA player. Um, it, it's just interesting. Like he's kind of right. And maybe this is Ryan's big on, this is how you win in college basketball, right? Be older and have a bunch of experienced college basketball players. And we do. And I really, really like how we're, how Denver's fitting in and how Aiden's fitting in Cheney. You know, he's given us some valuable backup minutes. Um, but, man, Denver and Aiden are really doing a good job of fitting in with this group. And Chad Baker-Mazzara, too. So, coming up next, yeah. Auburn travels for Chaney Johnson's homecoming to Huntsville to take on UNC Asheville in the Rocket yeah. City Classic. It's going to be an Auburn. You want to talk about UNC Asheville at all? Yeah, it's going to be an Auburn crowd, man. Those North Alabama people, if you know Alabama – you know, the Auburn territory of Alabama, if you will. North Alabama is like a bastion of Auburn people, and I know they're going to be excited to get an Auburn basketball game there. Um, there's like a chance I'll be there. I'm, I'm hoping to maybe get down there. Um, should be fun. Now, UNC Asheville, from what I've heard, hasn't had as good of a season as maybe some people thought. I think we even talked about on the preseason pod that they were kind of a dangerous, which college basketball, if it's shown us anything this year, right? Everybody's a dangerous team. You never know what's going to happen. There could be look ahead potential with USC coming up after that. 
Um, but hopefully we can keep this momentum and really, you know, suffocate and drown UNC Asheville in front of what should be a very pro Auburn crowd. Yeah, Ryan loves to uh, check the line because, as we all know, the uh, good teams win, great teams cover. We don't have a line yet. ESPN predictor has Auburn winning this uh, by ninety, more than ninety percent. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be dealing with some interesting players over at UNC Asheville. They're they're led in scoring by their uh, power forward. Uh, let me see this guy's name here, Drew Pember. If I'm saying that correctly, six foot eleven, two fifteen. So we're likely going to be seeing him uh, in the paint against Janai a lot, possibly uh, against Jalen if we continue that sort of interesting defensive matchup they've got some really solid guard play both of their starting guards are averaging more than 10 points a game um they're shooting pretty great from three overall as a team not so much they're shooting around 34 percent. so we definitely have a chance to really stymie them and build some momentum going into what will now be a monster game in neville arena auburn versus usc with the potential play of Bronny james joining the team yeah, Bronny's back. He played today. They lost to Long Beach State. So, again, uh, you just never know. Um, but, yeah, UNC Asheville, the only thing I've heard about them is that they are experienced. They have some experienced players that have been around. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for schools like that. We saw that playing at App State. Obviously, this will be a little different environment. But anytime, you know, you get a chance to beat, beat or play an SEC team when you're one of those mid-majors, um, it's a big opportunity, especially for those in the Southeast. So, um yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to look too. I don't want to look too far ahead, but I, I'm checking the stats here. Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier both played. Isaiah Collier played 35 minutes. Boogie Ellis played 42 minutes in that overtime loss. Oh, they went to overtime. Wow. Yeah, they went to overtime. Uh, um, UNC Asheville. They've had a pretty quiet season. I'm going to see if I can pull up their record here and see if there's any games worth talking about that they've gone through so far. Um, they did recently play Western Carolina, where you haven't been able to confirm, but that that may very well have been. Legendary Auburn coach Cliff Ellis, his final ga- uh, game as a coach was beating UNC Asheville. Coastal Carolina or Western Carolina? Oh, no, he's Coastal Carolina. Isn't he? This yeah. is Western Carolina. Never mind. I, I can't read. Uh, they are on a two-game losing streak, which bodes well for us. Yeah. Uh, they lost to Lipscomb University earlier this year. Shout out, Jackson. And they started off the year losing 99-74 to to Michigan. So they lost pretty comfortably to the Wolverines. Yeah. It, I, I, I don't remember. Somebody mentioned the spread. I don't want to guess. I, I want to say it was it's definitely over 10 or 15. I think it might be more in the 18 range is what I heard. So, but again, nothing safe in college basketball. So uh, the good thing is if we can get the, you know, beat UNC Asheville, that USC, USC game is going to be a big deal on ESPN. Bronny's going to be playing most likely. Um, that'll be a big opportunity for us to really showcase Neville arena. It's December 17th it's after finals it's after the semester so i really hope the auburn community and fan base is going to really show out for that game hopefully a lot of students are close enough hang around town um make that that's going to be kind of other than sec play against our rivals you know that's going to be our opportunity this year to really show people what we're about and honestly i hope we're still not ranked i hope people keep not paying attention to us and again i said all year like this is a classic bruce pearl situation he can just talk about how we're not respected and you know, we got to keep making history. We got to keep doing things. You know, we got to keep fighting. And and you saw the energy of a fighting team that honestly brought the aggression, you know, to an Indiana team that, again, had just gone into Michigan and won on the road. They're 2-0 and in the Big Ten already because they start Big Ten early because they're weird up there. And uh, so it's a good win. Don't and, and if you're an Auburn fan of any time, 
and you remember how irrelevant we've been for so long, beating Indiana in a neutral site game like that, blowing the doors off them in front of a majority crowd of their fans, that should feel real good to beat a team with that. I know this team may not be great, but it doesn't matter. And Bruce said that, you know, Indiana is used to this kind of setting. They travel everywhere. This is big for our program. And I hope fans appreciate how everybody walking out of that stadium in orange and blue was smiling ear to ear, man. What a fun performance to watch yesterday. We are in the golden age of Auburn basketball. Don't forget it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Ben, I appreciate you uh, you hanging out with us again and, and making all this happen. Um, we'll be back with another episode on Wednesday night or thereafter. Um, the Tigers play UNC Asheville and then host USC as we continue through the non-conference slate. And by the way, SEC play lingering around three or four weeks from now, right after the new year. Get Buckle up. Um, it's going to be it's always such a fun SEC sit schedule. We'll probably have a pre-conference um, episode looking ahead, um, talking about what we've seen from this team. So be looking for that on the pod as well. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube, subscribing, um, leaving any comments you can on the pod episodes or the YouTube um, live video. Yeah, follow us on follow us on social media. The goal this year was to go live after every game, but you know life happens. So we uh, we do promise to be live for every record. So if you're somebody who enjoys that and uh, wants a chance to throw a question our way, join us on YouTube. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, it was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about a win this week instead of uh, the, the App State loss last week. So War Eagle, and uh, we'll try to keep this thing rolling. War Eagle, Matt.